Hello, and welcome to the Super Gay Wedding Podcast. I'm Cindy Savage, real queer wedding planner at ILS Traveled. And I'm Amanda Summerlin, super gay wedding photographer at Amanda Summerlin Photography. We're wedding pros who are gay as fuck. And we're talking about wedding shit from an LGBTQ perspective. Super gay wedding! Fuck yeah! Woo! Well, hello, stranger. It's been a while, hasn't it? I don't know, 10, 12 <laughs> months. <laughs> Welcome to 2020, the year that was supposed to be better than 2019. How are you feeling about it? Well, I just want to publicly apologize to 2019 and say that I miss you and I'm sorry. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, been... Yeah. 2020 has been uh, interesting it's, so far, hasn't it? What is it? March? Oh, great. <laughs> March. Mid-March. Almost just past the Ides of March yesterday. I heard something was in retrograde, maybe. I don't know. Pretty much always, it feels like. I think so. I don't even know what that means, actually. Nor I. Just, I, don't, is it I don't do those a things. a fashion thing? I'm not sure. Something about uh, astrology, I think. Stars and moons aligning. <laughs> Misaligning. Causing everything to be horrible. So let, let's do a, like a brief recap. <clears throat> What's happened since we last recorded? You've moved. Yeah, I have moved. Where'd you move? I moved from Missouri to the coronavirus capital of the United States, Seattle. And how long have you been there? We, my partner and I have been here just over six months. Oh, cool. Just in time. Just in time. Uh, Yeah. Two more weeks and I'll have the good health insurance. Tell me, tell me, let's back this, this, this memory train up to... Pre-apocalypse, tell me, what was your first impression of Seattle? Pre-apocalypse, well, I have been to Seattle a bunch of times already because Mm -hmm. I love the Pacific Northwest and I've been trying really hard to move here for like a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, I had sort of been leaning towards Portland because my best friend lives there and I like her and I want to hang out with her more. Um, And then my partner got offered a job in Seattle, so here we are. But but I visited a bunch of times and I already had a handful of friends here, so... Mm-hmm. I've already sort of feel like felt like I knew and loved Seattle, so I'm happy to be here. As a an earth sign um, who is a rebel, I'm actually a water sign. I don't care what those things say. I love water and I want to be by it always, and there is much of it here. Um, and in fact, we have made <laughs> we have made a a diligent effort that we've basically not failed at to visit a coast of some sort every weekend since we've moved here. That's pretty awesome. There is a lot of coastline there. I love shooting. There, there. is, yeah, yeah. So, um, when when was the first case of the coronavirus? Like, was it January? It was late January, wasn't it? Um, to be honest, I'm not totally sure, but that sounds right. Yeah. So let's go with that. Okay. I mean, you're, Seattle's kind of the epicenter of the whole thing, so it, um, it absolutely kind is. of a a good place to look to see what what to expect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, cause over here on the East coast, you know, we're outside of New York, we're really just starting to see what's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, Georgia has just, you know, gotten to about a hundred cases now, you know, of course they're not testing as much as they should, but like, um, let's, let's think about when did you first start it, start to notice like an impact on your life? Um, I did a wedding in Portland at the end of February. And when we uh, came back from that, so it was, the wedding was the 29th. It was a leap day, leap day wedding. Um, And we came back and we basically have been isolating since then. So it kind of got, it it snowballed a bit in February. So by the time um, there was one case and, and unfortunately a 
um, nursing home facility got infected. And as I'm sure everyone is aware, it's really much worse for elderly and immunocompromised folks. So there was a rash of deaths at the nursing home. um, And that is in a suburb of Seattle called Kirkland, which is on the other side of Lake Washington from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at first it was kind of like, oh, well, it's just in the nursing home and everybody's fine. Life is normal. Um, But very quickly, it's the first week of March, maybe the first or second, uh, the big companies started sending everybody home. So Microsoft, Google, Amazon, they sent everybody who could work from home, home the first week of March. So we've all, our city's basically been shut down for 16 days. Uh, And downtown is a ghost town. Mm. There's no traffic anymore which is very strange. It's shitting a lot because there's a lot of traffic in <laughs> it's Seattle very strange. Yeah, a friend of mine yeah. had posted that their commute to work, which usually takes them 45 minutes to an hour, took like 17 minutes Holy that shit. week. Um, yeah, because there was no one on the bridge. And uh, it, yeah, it's, so it's been very strange. Um, I would say that personally, I'm an abundance of precaution, anti-risk taker. So as soon as we started to feel it was getting to the point where it was eventually going to become pretty bad here. We, we really started to kind of isolate right away. Uh, my partner works in global health and has some additional insider information. We have something here called the Seattle flu study, which was going on, has been going on for several months, even mm-hmm. since before the outbreak happened. And they found a couple of cases of COVID-19 that were not related to the nursing home or to anyone who had traveled abroad. So we knew at that point, which was early there March, was community transmission. That it was community yeah. transmission. So, um, I was actually supposed to join a queer D&D group, just really excited about. Oh, you nerd. Because uh, <laughs> I, 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 confession, I have actually not ever played D&D and I feel like I might like it. So I've been looking for a group to join. <laughs> and there was one that was starting up in March and I ended up backing out of it because um, in the first week of March, I felt like I don't think that the board games, I mean, I asked the person who was organizing it if they were taking any precautions or if the board game store was taking any precautions with regard to making sure the game was sanitized or any social distancing. And they were kind of like, nah. And oh, wow. Like, oh, okay. Well then, um, Pass. as a, as a person whose um, healthcare marketplace insurance is currently in a state of flux because people don't know what they're doing. And so I'm unsure if I'm currently insured, yeah. even though they keep promising I am. Um, I, I didn't want to risk potentially catching it and getting in a situation where I would need healthcare that I'd be paying out of pocket for. Yeah, that's uh, reasonable. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And I also didn't want to accidentally spread it. Um, there were several people who were ill at my partner's workplace who possibly could have had it, but a mild case. So we don't know if we've been exposed. Um, at this point, we've now been home for about two weeks. So we're probably not contagious if we were probably in exposed, the but yeah. Um, yeah. So we've basically been staying home. My partner's been working home for almost two weeks and um kind of sucks yeah you'd think I'd be overjoyed because I'm an introvert and I love being at home like you have to <laughs> you have to basically like tear me to like rip and tear me to pull me out of the house I'm like no I don't want to leave the house I love being at home and now I'm like god damn it why am I stuck at home so uh it's it's been weird really weird yeah I bet and quiet so I feel like we should uh, take a moment and say oh dear listener this is not our u- usual intro and oh, today we're going to be talking about the coronavirus and how it affects the wedding industry. Yeah. Um, before we get much further into the episode, we should make a disclaimer. We should. Do you want to be the, the legal talker? Okay. We are not 
medical, legal, financial, or insurance professionals, we cannot tell you whether or not you should cancel your wedding or exactly what the consequences might be since you aren't our clients and we don't know the details of your plans. We are not responsible for any actions you may take as a result of listening to our podcast. What follows today is our opinions based on our experience as wedding professionals, which you take or leave at your own what's discretion. the word? At your own discretion. Yeah. So let me do the touchy feely stuff because you know I'm all I'm all like uh-huh. that. You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we are living in historic times. You know that's a, like a uh, like a curse that someone throws at you. Kind of like <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope you have ten kids just like yourself, and you know, may you live in historic times. Right. We're living in historic times, mm-hmm. and it's 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 unimaginable that any of this could happen. So it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling right now because it's frustrating it's terrifying it's not fair and just understand that what you feel isn't what you do and you know how how you act and separate those things allow your feelings uh, feel frustrated because you you deserve that that's 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 fair and then take a moment and then figure out what you're going to do after that mm-hmm. but you know go ahead and feel all the shitty things you want to feel because mm-hmm. that's fair. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and especially for those of you whose weddings are coming up within the next couple of months who are suddenly dealing with all the things we're about to cover in this podcast, um, yeah. postponing, canceling, deciding to proceed as planned. Um, you are, I can't, you know, I can feel what I'm feeling as a wedding planner, which is a lot of stress and fear and uncertainty, both mm-hmm. from my clients and from other industry professionals um and it's all you know it's it's all very real and it's it sucks it sucks that you've been planning your wedding for a year or more already and you suddenly have to change everything and all the vendors you spent so much time carefully selecting may or may not be available on a new date that your venue has open or you might have to get a new venue or you know there's still a lot of possibilities there's a lot of uncertainty There is, aside from wedding logistics, um, the fear about getting sick or possibly being contagious or that someone you love who is maybe elderly or immunocompromised or even perfectly healthy may -hmm. get it at your wedding or may not be able to travel to your wedding because of some of the restrictions that are currently in place or the ones we don't know about yet that may be coming soon. Yeah. So, you know, we thought... Mm, especially since suddenly found ourselves a little free time um, (laughs) (laughs) that maybe we could put together an informational podcast for you to help you sort through what to do now if your wedding is going to be affected Um, right now the cdc has said to it's recommended but not mandated but it's recommended to not have gatherings greater than 50 people for the next eight weeks. And that's until I think about, uh, it'll be about the middle of May. Uh, yeah, middle of May. May 11th is eight weeks from now. Um, so that's going to affect quite a lot of weddings. It's kind of peak wedding season in most of the country Mm -hmm. or the first wave of peak wedding season. Mm -hmm. Spring weddings. Then we'll have fall peak. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you know, there's a million questions. Mm-hmm. that you're going to need answered. So we thought we'd sort of work through that for you. Yeah. Since we we have on on staff an esteemed wedding professional who has dealt with this a little bit already, right? My, the last two weeks <laughs> of my life have been all about 
what are we doing about COVID-19 and all of our weddings? Um, all right. So let's, let's start with the first question. The one that is probably roiling about in everybody's head. Mm-hmm. Should you still have a wedding? It's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll remind you again that the decision is yours, but here's what I think. If your wedding is in June or beyond, I would encourage you not to make a decision yet because we don't know how things are going to change over the next weeks, months, or even days. Um, as I'm sure you know, things are changing very rapidly. Uh, so I would just suggest you wait a little bit longer uh, before you make a decision. While you're waiting, you can look into some of the options if you want to, but to bear in mind that your wedding vendors are all dealing with their April and May uh, and March weddings right now. So they are going to be currently swamped by questions from clients whose weddings are sooner than yours. So I would suggest that you wait, A, to make a decision, and and B, um, if you do want to go ahead and reach out to your vendors, that's fine, but please give some grace on response time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone in the industry mm-hmm. and everywhere else really is trying to figure out how to, to navigate this new world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this so. is uh, unprecedented for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> we all probably have acts of God clauses in our contracts, you know, but we, <laughs> we never expect there to be a global pandemic. Um, and uh, I, legally, this is not an act of God yet. Um, right. According right. to, you know, so that's right. another so thing. It, it um, may, it, it's kind of what I'm getting at is it's unprecedented. It's not something any of us have ever expected to deal with or have dealt with in the past. And so there's likely not anything in our contracts that cover it. Um, and, and we're all trying to figure it out. So yeah. give people some patience on that. Yeah. Um, if your wedding is coming up in the next eight weeks, I would strongly encourage you to listen to the advice of the CDC and your local health department. You may also be mandated not to have it by your local health department or county or city or state. Uh, I know here in Washington, they have banned all events over 250 guests, no matter whether they're public or private. Um, St. Louis has banned St. Louis County and uh, and city and a few neighboring counties have banned all events with 50 or more Mm -hmm. guests. So depending on where your wedding is taking place or is scheduled to take place, you might not have a choice about it. In Massachusetts, it's 25 or less. Yeah, yeah. So and it's very Of regional. course, the CDC is also recommending that if you are having a gathering of 50 or less people, you still take precautions um, mm-hmm. of social distancing and trying to keep people six or more feet apart. Um, so we'll talk about some of the things you can do to mitigate those okay. risks if your wedding well, is going on in a little bit. All right. So, but before we get there, let's talk about if you make the decision to postpone. Yeah. What do you do first? If you decide you're going to postpone, um, your first call should be to your wedding planner if you have one, um, because we're here to handle this shit for you. If you don't have one and you want me to handle this shit for you, please feel free to reach out. I'm at cindy at ilstravel.com. So if you do have a wedding planner, contact them first because they can handle all the other parts of it. If you don't have a wedding planner, I would probably start with your venue to reach out and find out what their policies are. Um, Some venues are proactively canceling events and I would assume if yours is, they would have contacted you already, but in case they haven't, I would start with your venue first, Mm -hmm. find out what their postponement um, policies are. I mean, you you definitely can look in your contracts uh, with your vendors and you should. Um, And I just want to point out that, again, because this is a very unprecedented situation, a lot of vendors are being a little bit more flexible with their reschedule policies. Um, I mean, in particular, personally, I'm... I'm waiving fees for anyone who's rescheduling yeah. because of this, because normally right. there would be a fee for doing it. Right. Um, because I would have held this date and not right. booked another, you know, wedding on this date. And right. so that's, that's fairly standard. 
Um, so yes, definitely right. check with your vendors. Your so I would reach out. Yeah. Yes. Start, start with you, with your venue, um, uh, and find out what the reschedule policy is and what the open dates are. Um, you know, uh, like I was saying, a lot of people are being more flexible, but I do want to encourage you to also understand that we're all small businesses and with people postponing and canceling left and right, we are personally and professionally looking at serious lost income across the, across the industry. Um, those of us with staffs are now have employees that we either can't pay or we have to pay without getting revenue for. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it, you know, don't count on every single one of your vendors being able to be flexible on the reschedules policies because everyone will not be able to. Um, right. It's a decision every business owner has to make for themselves and for their teams. Um, so please just try to be understanding of us, we little small businesses <laughs> while you're working through this crazy madness. Well, I think it's important <laughs> to remember that, yeah. you know, the vendors are on your side. Right. And they're trying to survive too. And mm -hmm. no one is trying to screw anyone. Right, right. But no and it might be that for some of your vendors, um, if they don't charge reschedule fees across the board, they won't be in business next year to perform at your reschedule yeah. wedding. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be a little understanding on that, um, that some, some vendors may stick with what's in their contract, which may mean extra fees for you to move the date. Uh, yes. So check with your venue first. Um, if, if you are able to move it with the venue and you have a, a new date or a couple of dates in mind, it's, uh, it's, if you, if there are a couple of options, it'll be better to present all of your vendor team with multiple options to make it more likely that they'll all be available on a new date. So you won't have to then find new vendors. Um, so once you have some possible dates from your vendor, your venue, then I would reach out to the rest of your vendor team, let them know that you're postponing, what dates you're considering, what, and ask them what their policies are if you haven't already done that um, and mm -hmm. see what kind of group you can, you can get back together. Hopefully you can get the whole <laughs> gang. We'll see, but uh, for a new date. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very smart to go try to get. Uh, yeah. And then once you have, uh, whether or not you have a new date set, I, I think it's mm -hmm. wise to let your guests know what your plans are. So uh, we are going to put up some templates, some resources for you on our website later on. Um, we'll tell you about those, but uh, one of those will be a template that you can use to email your guests and update your wedding website um, with a notification about your wedding being postponed. Mm -hmm. So we just discussed postponing. What if couples decide to cancel? Should they uh, cancel? I, well, again, you have to make your own decision, but I would encourage you to postpone rather than cancel. And the reason for that is if you cancel, you're going to probably lose all of the payments you've made to date to mm -hmm. all of your vendors. Yeah. So um, same, same as we said before, we're small businesses facing a lot of losses right now. And I would presume most of us have in our contracts because it's industry standard that if you cancel, um, there usually aren't refunds. There may in some cases be additional payments due depending on how close it is to your wedding date when you cancel. Mm -hmm. So uh, from a financial wedding budget perspective, it's probably in your best interest to reschedule. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend canceling unless... Uh, well, you know, there's in no, that event, yeah. if they do cancel, yeah. how, how does insurance impact that? Does a wedding or special event insurance cover yeah. any of the costs? Um, pro the, the short answer is probably not. Um, okay. For most people, if you've purchased event liability insurance, that doesn't, mm -hmm. which is what most venues are asking you to purchase, that covers things like somebody got shit faced and, you know, broke a post or something, um, right. or it, it, it covers accidents that happen at your wedding. It doesn't mm -hmm. cover your wedding being called off or canceled for any reason. You can right. also purchase cancellation insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have purchased that, there are lots of things that it does cover. However, pandemics are not one of them. 
Um, all of the major wedding and event in, uh, insurance companies are have made public statements that they are not covering cancellations due to this virus. Um, the only possible exceptions would be, uh, and you will have to check with your insurance to find out if they are going to cover this or not, but if you or your partner or one of your immediate family members or someone who's involved in the wedding ceremony itself gets the coronavirus or any other illness and therefore the wedding has to be canceled, that might be covered. Um, really? Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot of exceptions, but um, one, of, one of the big things that cancellation insurance for, is for is if a major illness happens where the most important people involved in the wedding cannot be present, um, mm -hmm. then it covers some of those things. So that might be camel, might be... <laughs> <laughs> that might be covered. <laughs> it might be cameled. It won't. Uh, <laughs> that, that might be covered. Um, one other situation that might be covered is if your venue uh, shuts down or goes bankrupt and cannot hold your wedding, that might be covered. But okay. again, those are big mites and you should not really expect um, anything to be covered, especially especially if the reason you're canceling is because you decided to, as opposed to because the government made you do it. Um, huh. Even though the government made you do it, it's probably also not gonna be covered. So uh, canceling of your own volition is considered change of heart and, and very few, you have to take out like extra expensive policies to cover that and it's not even offered by most of them. So um, basically wow. if you cancel, you're not gonna get anything back and your insurance is most likely not gonna cover it. Well, that's, you know, unfortunate. Yeah, especially when we're talking about <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars or I just, more. It makes you wonder, lot, yeah. all these insurance companies, how do they know to not cover pandemics? Maybe it's because the science scientists have been warning us for a decade or more that the pandemic was coming, well, but I that's mean, a whole honestly, other <laughs> Kind of for the same reason we all have those acts of gutter nature clauses. Like we don't want to all go bankrupt because of a natural disaster. And this is sort of like a natural disaster. Uh, except it's not, but yeah, okay. I mean, it came from nature and it is a disaster. <laughs> but so am I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty oh sure God. I'm okay. natural. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I'm All pretty right. sure like those religious straight people think you are unnatural for being gay. <laughs> Feels pretty natural, but anyway. It would feel pretty unnatural to be straight is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't even know how that would work. I don't understand y'all straight folks. Look, this is not a science episode, is it? No. Okay. No, <laughs> we're All also right, so, not scientists. So we've talked about yeah. postponing. We've talked about canceling. Let's talk about mm -hmm. if you're going to keep going and if you're going to have your yeah. wedding. If you're going to keep going and you're going to have a wedding... Um, again, I would encourage you to listen to the CDC and the WHO and the health department, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, some things I will just note quickly. If your wedding has less than 50 guests, uh, that may not be. So some, what some people are considering doing is scaling back their wedding as opposed to postponing or canceling. So cutting sure. the guest list in order to meet the new requirements, whether that's 250 or 50, depending on where you live mm -hmm. and whether you're taking recommendations or you're only taking legal things. Um, but just to note that when you are making those guest counts smaller, it's not the total number of guests only, it's the total number of people in the space. So you also need to account for yourselves, 
which a lot of people just in general, a general good note when you're making final guest counts, don't forget to include yourselves. Uh, <laughs> you you want to eat, eat. You definitely want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> or sit down. Right. <laughs> and you also need to count your vendors. So, um, you know, the average wedding has 14 different vendors. Not all of them are present in the space, so you don't have to necessarily count all of them. Um, but one thing you will want to think about is your catering team, which tends to be 15 to 20 people. Could be more, could wow. be less, depending on the yeah. size, of your, size of your wedding. But um, when you're talking about having a wedding with 50 guests and now you got to knock off 10 or 15 of those just to your catering team and another five for your venue or your, right. the rest of your vendors. Now, now you're talking a wedding with 30 guests. So yeah. just bear in mind that um, it's, it's total people, not total guests. That does it pretty fast. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, the other thing I would suggest is that you watch out on, for travel restrictions, especially if you have any international guests who are planning to come. There are some bans in place already. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if more are coming soon. Um, yes. I would also not be surprised if some domestic travel regulations <laughs> and restrictions come our way <laughs> in the uh, near future. Uh, I, heard, Again, I, I heard a I rumor no that promises. they were going to announce some of that today. And, I make uh, no I've promises, been... but um, keep an eye on those for anyone who may be traveling to your wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, for any guests or vendors who may be immunocompromised, they should not come to your wedding. And you should tell them not to come to your wedding. If you have relatives or friends or loved ones who are compromised in any way or who are elderly, I really strongly encourage you to listen to the health department guidelines and encourage them not to put themselves at risk by showing up to your wedding. I would also, again, like to encourage you to give leeway to your vendors. Um, you may not know that some of your vendors have health conditions or are immunocompromised in some way. So if any of them do disclose that to you, give them some leeway, allow them to substitute another member of their team or another qualified professional to mm-hmm. protect their own health. Uh, don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't be a dick about it. Your wedding is not more important than anyone else's life. It's just not. Yeah. And if you think it is, then don't listen to my podcast. And um, you know, to, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> don't, to be fair, if you've hired quality vendors, they yeah. do care and they're going to work very hard to deliver a quality, Absolutely. quality service or product for you. So just trust them. Mm-hmm. And, tr- and trust their recommendations if they yeah. can't personally make it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about food and safety. Cause you had some really specific stuff about that, that um, yeah. I think is really so helpful. Tip number one that I recommend, and this is really targeted towards more of the DIY folks who don't have a full service catering team who may be doing a restaurant drop off or food trucks or something of that nature mm-hmm. um, to please make sure that your anyone who is serving your food and beverages is properly licensed and has health department approved training on food service and sanitation. If you're hiring event staff to replenish your buffet or to be your bartenders, there are lots of companies out there and they don't necessarily have that training. So if you are using, you know, any sort of event staff that isn't a full service caterer, please reach out to them and find out what training they have, what certifications they have, um, and ask what extra measures, even with full service catering, what what extra measures they may be taking in light of this epidemic. a couple of things anything? you can consider, regardless mm-hmm. of what type of catering you have, uh, is if you have a buffet going on, consider switching to plated meals so that there won't be um, either either of these options, plated meals or a single-sided buffet with your catering staff serving each dish. So either one of those options is going to reduce the amount of people touching communal utensils, and that is going to reduce the spread of germs from people's hands. Right. Uh, and the other thing you can consider doing is switching to disposable dishes and glasses, which just means, you know, there's less 
it comes out of a package. It's clean when it comes out of the package. You throw it away. <laughs> so nobody else is going to touch it afterwards. Uh, not as classy, perhaps, as your standard uh, rented friendly, China, but yeah. yeah, not as eco-friendly also, but uh, it's a time to save our lives and put the planet safety slightly on hold. I don't uh, want to encourage that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> tricky stuff. We need to save the planet also. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can get the compostable disposables and, you know, the there you go. sustainable the disposables, which I always recommend anyway, and they're nicer usually. Um, yeah. Okay. And um, what about precautions the venue should be taking? So there's some, a few things you can do at the venue too. Yeah. Um, either uh, asking the venue if they can or will do these things for you or doing them yourselves. Some things you can yeah. do are adding hand sanitizing stations. Of course, that's assuming you can find any hand sanitizer, which is in very short supply these days. Um, talk to your venue about how they're disinfecting high touch services like doors and everything in the bathroom and toilet handles, paper towel dispensers, soap, soap dispensers, faucets. Um, you can also ask them if they have multi-stall bathrooms to keep the doors propped open so that people don't have to touch them going in or out of the bathroom, uh, as well as asking if they can proper hold the main entry doors open while your guests are coming and going at the beginning and end of your wedding. And if they can't, you can also ask a friend or family member to do that. Uh, and I encourage you to provide them with gloves and sanitizing wipes so that they can wipe those door surfaces off and also take care of themselves. Wow. All right. So you've been very busy working with a lot of couples mm -hmm. who are, 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 you know, dealing with all of these problems right now and you've developed some, some materials. Want to talk about that a little mm -hmm. bit? Yeah. So we are going to put up on our website, a coronavirus resource pack for you. And in that, it's going to have a guide outlining the steps we've just talked about to take for postponing, canceling, or keeping your wedding as planned with all a recap of the tips we've had here today. Um, it's also going to have copy and paste templates that you can use to email your vendors and your guests, as well as uh, a copy and paste templates for updating your website for any of those situations. Um, so postponing, canceling, or keeping your wedding as planned. So that is going to be at supergaywedding.com forward slash coronavirus. And if you want to throw some support, some support to our small businesses during this crazy and uncertain time, as well as this podcast, uh, we're going to put a little donate button on there and you can pay what you think they are worth um, and help keep this podcast going. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Seems if, like yeah. there will be a lot of extra episodes this year. So. <laughs> yeah, <for us. laughs> you know, even a dollar or two dollars helps keep us, uh, keep us on the air. So it really does uh, too. appreciate your support that way. Um, All right. The last thing we should talk about is managing your own self right now, your yeah. mental health, your yeah. physical health, just, you know, with all of us kind of being shut in. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're like the two of us, you may suddenly be working from home with your partner, something you've oh, never done before. Yeah. See, my, my wife has been working from home for quite a while now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she only so was going used to the office one day a for week. The, for those of us who aren't <laughs> used to it, um, especially introverts like me, uh, I, you know, for is us, your partner an been, extrovert or an no, introvert? No, my partner's also an introvert. Um, That's good. For those of you with extroverted partners, uh, good luck. God help I don't you. know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God help you. Uh, but I think it's it, for us at least, it's been really important to find ways that we can get space away from each other, even though we are stuck in 850 square foot. Ah, yeah. Yeah, our house isn't other, much bigger than that either. I think our, our usable <laughs> yeah. square feet, excluding the garage, is about 1,300 right. or so. You know, one of the things that we've done, because we've been doing this a while, you know, Jesse's been working from home for months and months. Um, 
because we have separate rooms. We don't share an office anymore. We used to share an office when we both worked on the business together. And that was out of necessity because we were co-workers. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, now what we did was just took over one of the bedrooms and turned that into her workspace so that we were entirely separate during the day. And, you know, we have mm -hmm. essentially eight hours apart in the house. Mm -hmm. And that does help yeah, if you it really separate helps. that space out, you know. Um, I have my own office with a door that closes, which really helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you don't have space like that in your house and you have to work in the same room as your partner all day long, headphones, headphones. Oh my God. Get yourself some noise canceling <laughs> headphones. Uh, I will also give you the advice that I got from my best friend who works from home with her husband frequently, mm -hmm. uh, which is to pretend like the other person does not exist. Yeah. Like literally go about your day, get your lunch, whatever. And if you need to be in a shared space for any of those things, you just simply ignore them and pretend they don't exist unless you actually want to talk to them and then you have to get their attention by you know standing in front of their face or waving at them or something and um her suggestion is to ask if they can take a break at that time and yeah. uh and respect their answer yeah it's really helpful to just negotiate some boundaries and, and mm -hmm. make sure that you each know your needs and you as know, a bonus, because it's people's a, working styles are very different as a bonus listening to and making your own needs known and setting boundaries with your partner is going to help you for your entire marriage. So it's going oh, to head start. Given relationship head start. advice. Right. <laughs> Set those boundaries now. State your yeah. needs and insist on having them met. Uh, it's good for everyone. And then don't forget to go outside every now and then. Oh my God, please go outside. Get some vitamin D. Go on a walk by yourself. Stay away from all the strangers. Six feet. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's really hard. It's been a little tricky because we're right by a lake. Oh, uh, yeah. Lake here at Green Lake, which is a very popular for place. It has a walking path all the way around. It's a very popular place for people to hang out. So it's even in a time of coronavirus, it's, a, it's a, actually slightly difficult to maintain at least six feet from other people at all times. Yeah, that's part of living in a population dense area. It's mm -hmm. tricky. Sure well, you know, and the thing I noticed is, uh, you know, I take walks in my neighborhood. And, you know, for the most part, everyone just kind of, because it's a suburban neighborhood, everyone just kind of waves at you from the yard or whatever. But I walk my dogs and people want to pet your dog. Mm. And it's like, no, don't touch my dog. That's don't touch me away. <laughs> and that's, that is tricky though, because your, your impulse yeah. or mine is because my dogs are yeah. stupid friendly is to let people pet the dog, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. um, especially even, kids, you know, I mean, and as now hard it's... as it is for everyone to like stop touching their face right now, it's mm -hmm. hard for those normal social interactions we have. Like I met someone new a week and a half ago and I shook their hand and then I was like, Oh fuck, Whoa, I just shook yeah. a stranger's hand. Why'd I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go wash. <laughs> Don't touch me. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of so, weird, yeah. but yeah. Um, what are some other things that people can do? You think? Uh, if you have a therapist and they can do virtual sessions via phone or video, I encourage that. Or any medical professional, really. Or our medical our health insurance provide, has provided for that for a couple of years now, yeah. where we can have remote doctor visits, doctor appointments. So when Jesse gets a sinus infection, which is a couple times a year, mm -hmm. she just dials up on the video chat on mm -hmm. her phone, and, and they actually have looked yeah. at her tonsils on the video chat and stuff. It's kind of like crazy. aim the phone <laughs> in your mouth, turn the, turn the flash on. Oh God, yeah. And so it's pretty impressive. And then she, they, they send the prescription right over to the, to the pharmacy yeah. and you go pick it up. Yeah. So I think it's important to focus on, uh, or make sure we're taking care of our mental and emotional needs in this time that is very focused on our physical health. Absolutely. So, you know, we're all trying to wash our hands and stay away from people and all that stuff. And that is all things we need to be doing, but 
isolation is the antithesis of humanity. We are, I mean, people even... are meant to connect. So whatever you can do to not be alone, but also get your alone time if you need it. Yeah. Uh, so things like seeing your therapist online, if you can scheduling hangout sessions with your friends on phone or video chat, I set up with my best friend, we're going to get together and play a board game over video somehow. Um, that sounds fun. So, you know, you know Jesse we'll, try, has... we'll try to do that once a week while we're all quarantined. <laughs> since the kids, since the kids went to college and they all have a lot of shared interests in, in, in movies and television shows, they have watch parties together. Mm-hmm. And, and so they'll yeah, watch their favorite watch show parties. together. And they've been doing this for three or four years now mm-hmm. since the kids have been to school. And that mm-hmm. helps her maintain some closeness with them and their weird TV shows. They, they don't watch the same stuff I watch. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of like left out. Cause I'm like, I don't really get this show but um Mm -hmm. it's still a really cool thing to do it's like just like when you're in real life you don't have to talk to be in someone's company and you can do the same thing through video and not right feel alone while you're watching a show Mm -hmm. it's a good time to rediscover those hobbies that you've been going oh learn how to knit one day yeah what what hobbies are you working on right now youtube you can learn how to do fucking anything on youtube so right Mail order yourself some supplies and get going. So besides board games, what's your new hobby right now? Um, my you, do you have a new, new hobby or do you hobby have an old hobby? is about to become learning how to bake gluten-free because oh, my yeah? partner has celiacs and can't oh. eat any of the delicious baked goods I've been working on my entire life. You're gonna um, have to send me some recipes, you know, because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have a mild trial, allergy. So. I tried to make um, English muffins and it, they were bricks and they were, oh, yeah. we, we couldn't even take a bite out of them. They were terrible. So <laughs> it's, it's cute. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I got the America's Test Kitchen gluten-free cookbook and they have one? we're going to be a, reci- a, a reliable source for gluten-free cooking. It's going to be America's Test Kitchen. Yeah. Also, um, don't forget Detoxinista. That's a great website. I'm not familiar with that one, so I'll have to go look. Oh, gotta check that out. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. But. And um, finally got the whole house unpacked, so I might read some of the books that have been about in my six months, book huh? collection. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You got some How books you have How long did it take read? you to do your patio project? Uh, there's a, How long did it take you to get your laundry room functional uh, again? You shut up. The, the, the patio's done. The uh-huh. patio's done. And it took you how long? I don't know. I'd lost uh-huh. track. Although I, I did, uh, <laughs> Facebook did show us a, a photo, you know, they do those memory flashback uh-huh. things and it was like your yard three years ago and it was just the big hole that we dug mm-hmm. to start. And it's, so it's, we've done all that in three years. So, so cool. Yeah. Credit where credit's due well, three years. All of my books are unpacked and they're organized in rainbow order on the bookshelf. So rainbow order. All right. Yeah. That makes no sense. But it cool. makes no sense, but it looks really gay and I like I it. I bet it does. I like it. Uh, so I might get around to reading some of the ones that I've been, you know, hoarding for years and years saying, I'm going to read that eventually. Uh, I might get around <sighs> to reading some of the ones you lent me like three years ago, but I haven't. <laughs> you still have some of yet. those books. <laughs> do. I've already forgotten what you have. So that's cool. <laughs> it's okay. I remember. I'll get them back to you eventually. <laughs> Jesse let me one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, my... it's like every winter I do that nesting thing where, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, during that, you know, four to six weeks that you have off between right. last and first weddings. And I, I generally acquire about 20 books and read about 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've read 10 books already this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is, I definitely which is, have too. um, more than I read in all of last year. So yeah, doing good on that. Um, yeah. I uh, I might do some sewing, although my partner's work from homing has taken over my sewing table, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to divide up the house and into the new yeah. oh, apocalypse I'm gonna take up, uh, version. Yeah, I've 
I acquired some chairs before I moved from St. Louis uh, at a thrift store, which need refinishing every upholstery. Mm. So that's my other new hobby I'm going to be taking up. That's my old job. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, re- I've reupholstered a couple things before. These are just dining room chairs, so they're not a big deal. But yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to them being uh, beautiful and functional instead of yeah ugly and scratched up. So what about moving your body? What are you going to do? Because uh, you doing, were going to the gym before. I was. I was so good about that. That yeah. I failed that. But so the gym is not a good uh, place to go right now. Yes, yeah, so we have the outdoor gym, as I was just mentioning, Green Lake mm-hmm. here. So just basically it's it's going on a walk most days. Yeah. Uh, I may try to get back into yoga, see if my chronic pain is alleviated enough for that to feel good, not bad. Mm, yoga. Yeah. You know, I learned a uh, trigger point release thing from mm-hmm. my physical therapist mm-hmm. last week that was making a big difference. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, that whole thing where Daisy threw me down the stairs a couple mm-hmm. of years ago and, mm-hmm. and my my back is like occasionally very unhappy. And there's this little toy called a peanut. And this is a weird tangent. And I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Look, what would this podcast be if we didn't have at least one weird tangent on every episode? They showed me how to put this little, it's like a little, it's like two tennis balls connected in the middle. They Mm -hmm. call it a peanut and they show me how to put it under my back and sort of just lay on it, even though it was excruciating pain for 30, 90 seconds, I'm sorry, at a time. And then when I stood up, I was so stoned from pain relief. It was, I mean, I was stoned. Like, well, you know, it's like your body gets all these endorphins. Yeah. You know, when the pain gets released and, and so I, I, I was just standing there in front of them and they were trying to talk to me and I was like, y'all are going to have to give me a minute because I just need to enjoy this right now. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. Yeah. I learned a trick with a tennis ball off of YouTube a couple of years ago that helps with my sciatica. And so every Mm. once in a while I do that. It doesn't make me high though. So that's kind of wild. But I do I, live well, in a land you know. of legal pot. So I guess um, if I get out there quickly before the sh- stores all get closed, I could probably get some pot. I think they're going to shut them down, huh? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not kind of a medical anything. necessity right up there with a pharmacy. I mean, that you is think, a pharmacy. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I have my CBD okay. stash, so that's fine. But I don't have yeah. anything to actually get high from. Mm, that's sad. But there's always I don't one. know. I don't really like being high, actually. So yeah. it's fine. I like my CBD. Just chills oh. me out. So do you have um, a pretty good stockpile of naughty treats? Um, yes. I put in a second order for Girl Scout cookies last weekend. Uh, <laughs> so cool I that might... you can order those online right now. Oh, God, it's the best. It's um, so and they bad. have a four box minimum, so you have to get four boxes. Do you really? Yes. <laughs> you have oh to. my gosh. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm already down a box and a half, so... Um, Yeesh. I might have to uh, order some more, or I might have to like maybe stop eating all the Girl Scout cookies. We, <laughs> we have a few things in our freezer. Yeah. Um, there's a place here that makes these gluten-free molten chocolate cakes, and dangerously, you can buy frozen ones to take home and bake later. Mm. Uh, there is a place two blocks away from us that makes these gluten-free cheese puff things, and then they fill them with Nutella. So it's like eating an eclair, but it's Nutella in the middle and they're okay. delicious. So I'm hoping they stay open. Um, <laughs> and if not, they also sell frozen ones that you can bake at home. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I never don't have chocolate in the house. So there's definitely just plain old chocolate, the good kind. That's always good to have around. It yeah. keeps, and, uh, you I, know, I saved in, lives, really. I put in a large 
order at Total Wine and More this morning. So I have quite a few uh, selections of wine and some wine delivery, huh? That's and handy. some, yeah, I'm actually going to go pick it up because it saves me like $12, but, um, <laughs> and I'm frugal that way, but, okay. uh, but they can deliver. <laughs> so we'll be stocked on that regard. And uh, yeah. That sounds pretty good. So we should probably wrap this up now. Um, any last words for the listeners? Uh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands really well. Follow the six-step process from the WHO. Six, I don't know what the six-step process is. Fronts, backs, in between your fingers, around your thumb, knuckles, and fingertips. Okay, so that's just washing your hands. I didn't There's realize a, that you would be surprised how many people down. think washing their hands is like done. Uh-huh. And you got to rub for at least twenty seconds. Google anywhere on the internet right now. There are so many different um, song options for you to sing in your head while you do this for anyone who doesn't want to do happy birthday twice, which has been the recommendation for a while. Um, the alphabet song twice works as well. If you just can't think of anything else, but the alphabet song. pick your, pick your favorite song and <laughs> sing the refrain. Um, mm. I've been doing a lot of, he had it coming from Chicago. Someone also recommended, <laughs> I forget which Lizzo song, but anyway, just find an artist you like and sing the refrain a couple of times in your head and keep rubbing until you're done singing that. Mm. Yes, we do live in interesting times. We sure do. That's actually the the curse. I said I said earlier that it was me living in historic times, but it's actually me living in interesting times. Yes. Oh, you're right. Ah, yeah, yes. it is. I screwed that up. We but, live in you know, interesting and historic times. I'm a I'm a photographer, not a wordsmith. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm a wedding planner, not a not a meme generator. So meme generator. Uh, uh, anyway, there's lots yeah. of memes out there if you just need some entertainment related to mm. a worldwide pandemic um yeah head over to my there. facebook hey. page it'll be fun <laughs> dog pictures and memes all yeah. day long yes. and occasionally me arguing with some like hometown redneck buffoon who mm-hmm. thinks that is perfectly acceptable to sacrifice two percent of the population so we can go to lunch chick-fil-a yeah and, and that's a whole other to uh have some sensible science that's mostly what i'm sharing gosh you see things Various memes that support CDC things. Um, the occasional thing that is funny that also supports CDC things. Just, like, <laughs> dudes, do what the CDC says. Do what the WHO yeah. says. But most importantly... Watch the news, but don't watch the news too much. Wash yeah. your hands. Practice social distancing. Mm-hmm. Stay and home and wash your hands. we all behave, this will be over very soon, and we can go back to making pretty weddings. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. And that celebrating love. And Let's do it. That would be cool. I, I would Gay like ones that. especially. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening. It was good to thanks hear you listening. again. Or uh, not hear you. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. It's good, to, it's good to be putting another episode out into the universe. It's unfortunate that we're doing it because of a worldwide pandemic. Um, but go to supergaywedding.com right? forward slash coronavirus to get the recap of this episode and download your free resources. And if you need a little extra help replanning your wedding, I'm available. Who are you going to call? Cindy Savage. It's not like Ghostbusters, but it's close. It fits the syllables. <laughs> Cindy Savage. Yeah. Uh, and you can reach me at Cindy at ILSTravel.com. All right. See Stay healthy. Later. Thanks for listening to our fucking podcast. Now's the part where we tell you who makes this podcast possible and ask you to help more people find us. The Supergate Wedding Podcast is brought to you by Catalyst Wedding Co. Love, weddings, and marriage for feminists, the LGBTQ plus community, and woke folk. 
find them at catalystwedco.com. And also by Choose Your Own Wedding, the world's first wedding planning subscription. It's everything you need to plan a great wedding at an affordable monthly price. Sign up at chooseyourown.wedding for a complete online wedding planning course to guide you through every step of wedding planning with video lessons, worksheets, spreadsheets, and professional templates. You'll also get personal on-demand planning support from a professional wedding planner, that's me, in our private Facebook community and instant answers on our monthly live planning calls. Enter the code SUPERGAY at checkout to get your first week free. Check out all the details and subscribe now at chooseyourown.wedding. If you like our show, please share it with your friends, subscribe, and take a minute to leave us a review. You can find Super Gay Wedding on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Super Gay Wedding, be on the show, or tell us what we should talk about next, check us out at supergaywedding.com. Find us at facebook.com slash supergaywedding. Or email us at supergaywedding at gmail.com. And if you need a bomb-ass wedding planner who totally has our shit together and is wicked competent, you need to check out Cindy's website at islelesstraveled.com. And if you need a destination photographer who's not afraid to get her camera dirty capturing your wedding adventure, then you should get your ass over to amandasummerlin.com. And by the way, if you hire us both, we're going to give you a 5% discount. Because we're fucking awesome. And we love working together. And we will rock your super gay wedding. Fuck yeah. Woo! Nailed that shit. Like for real. Yeah.